Suspend your disbelief, your rational, analytic mind, just for a minute, just for the length of this podcast. What if all I am about to tell you is the truth? What if the information you will be provided is from a divine source? Just for this time, I am your Axis Mundi. Consider this podcast your channel, your second opinion. When I do a reading, something larger than myself is working through me. So ask what you wish. This is your channel, your doorway to the divine. Hi, welcome to John's Tarot Podcast. It's now time to... Bring the ship up to broadcast depth. We're going in. Taking Neo to see her. See who? The Oracle. I want to welcome everybody who's listening from all over the world. Welcome to New Mexico. Welcome to Germany. And welcome to Arizona. I got they blended a little bit together. So this week on John's Hero Podcast, we're gonna discuss synchronicities a little bit. I recently saw a video with uh, a Dr. Sharon Rollette on uh, New Thinking Aloud with Dr. Jeffrey Mishlove. And Dr. R- Rollette had some interesting perspectives on synchronicities. If you go back to some of my videos, I talk about synchronicities. I have been uh, pushed in to do this as a result of synchronicities. Do this, read tarot, and do the podcast. Dr. Rollette has had some interesting experiences with synchronicities, too. Sometimes I think, you know, it's only me being weird. But no, regular academics, regular people, PhD-level people are also investigating synchronicities. Apparently, these things are real. Uh, Dr. Rollette talks about her synchronistic experiences. It says that she makes it feel like I am interacting with another intelligence. And uh, she also talks about uh, synchronistic experience, you know, reacting with another intelligence so that uh, the universe responds to our desires, our hopes, our needs with synchronistic experiences. And that if you're paying attention, you could pick some of these up. <clears throat> and the more attention you pay, the more these things will appear in your life, these synchronistic experiences. So a couple of... Uh, things come up to me uh she also you know is the universe friendly is the big question i think we need to ask i think we'll ask that of the tarot today you know when we do tarot readings i'm having a forced i'm forcing the universe to respond to us in a synchronistic fashion so i thought we would experiment a little bit with that today okay is the universe friendly we can ask the universe that we can ask the tarot that I think we also, uh, she talks about synchronicities give us an extra level of evidence that personalities exist beyond physical life, uh, beyond death, that our personalities continue to exist. And I've, you know, we've done some experimentation with that, uh, with the Christy Giles case, with the White case, uh, you know, the prison guard who just committed suicide. Uh, with the Brian Laundry case, do these do our personalities exist beyond life? I thought I would throw it in there just just for entertainment purposes, and we'll ask General George Custer. He'll uh, see if his personality exists beyond life, and if it would uh, care to 
express its opinion on what happened on the date back in June 25th, 1878. So let's do a little experiment this week with uh, synchronicities. Yeah, you know, I've been guided to do this podcast as a result of synchronicities. The universe has kind of pushed me in that area. So it really holds my attention a lot, gets my attention a lot. So let's just go ahead and move into that. Uh, I think I might ask another question. Uh, what does the universe think? We had just had the big January 6th hearing last night. What does the universe think will be the result of the January 6th hearings, to televise January 6th hearings? So let's move into the tarot screen and ask some questions. Here we are at our tarot page and are experimenting with communicating with the universe through forced synchronicity. Are you trying to give me the double talk? No, no, no. This is what I uh, got from the. Uh, uh, f- this is what I got from the universe for this week. So let's take a look at doing a forced synchronicity. I got a couple of questions. Uh, let me let me get in touch here. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. All right. All right. Our first question. Let's shuffle the deck. As a result of the January 6th hearing, what can we expect? Will it sway public population, uh, public opinion in any way? The January 6th committee hearings, what can we expect, uh, you know, from the universe? What what can we expect from the population as a result of the January 6th hearing? All right, three cards. What can we expect? The first card, the sun. A very interesting first card. I'm going to lay them all out. Our second card. The sun is number 19. Knight of Wands. And our third card. Interesting. The Six of Coins. Okay, our first card. The sun, number 19. The sun is a card of joy and nurturing. It's a card saying, you know, congratulations. Uh, Congratulations from the universe. You're getting the job done. You're accomplishing tasks that have been put before you. So in regards to what we're seeing with the January 6th committee, you know, they're getting it. They're getting the job done. This was a task that was put before them. And they've uh, gone through millions and I don't know about millions, but they've gone through a ton of data and boiled it down uh, to do this presentation. So they've got the job done. Uh, they got the presentation ready. Uh, they're ready to present it to the American people. And then we have the Knight of Wands. And the Knight of Wands currently. So currently we have a lot of people. Um, I always call the Knight of Wands the Yosemite Sam card, you know. I'm the roughest, toughest, shrewdness, shootness, tootness hombre that's ever reached the, that ever crossed the Pecos. You know, the, the, the Knight of Wands is a guy who likes to shoot first, ask questions later. So that's their, that is a portion of our population they're presenting the data to. You know, this portion of the, they don't think, they're not really thinking it through. They, they tend to be very reactionary. And uh, they, they don't, and they don't think through their actions. They're not deep thinkers, which I kind of tend to agree with. Also, with this group of people, 
you know, they tend to, uh, you, that they're going to be very hard to reach because, um, there we go, they're going to be very hard to reach. They, um, they enjoy an, an intense experience, always ready to take, uh, take it to their next level. Once in a while, it's okay, but on a daily basis, it's, it's, uh, it's exhausting. Their vices are bossiness, paranoia, tendency towards overkill. Uh, that's a population they're presenting it to. Also, the Knight of Wands, they tend to have the energy of an instigator, fiery, easily provoked, liable to attack first and ask questions later, like I said, uh, quick to anger and enjoy a fight. Nevertheless, they see themselves as trying to help. That certainly describes the population we're trying to convince or trying to persuade. And then the Six of Coins is uh, fair and balanced. I call it fair and balanced. That the information that be provided is fair and balanced. That they've, the committee has uh, examined the pop, has examined the evidence, and they are presenting it to the population, who are going to be difficult to convince. But it is fair and balanced. And you see the two scale, the scales, the kind of these always are. Always the scales of justice, that the scales will balance. So some people will come over to be convinced, others will not. So that's what the tarot has to say about what can we expect from the uh, January 6th committee. Will it, will it tip the scales? I think only time will tell. But they're going to be given a fair and balanced assessment to the population of the Knight of Wands who are the the fiery temperament, quick to fight and always see themselves uh, in the right. And and the Sun, they've got the, uh, you know, the committee's got the, they got the job done and they they have the evidence and it's going to be presented. So we'll see. That's what the tarot has to say about that. Now let's let's do something and we're experimenting with synchronicity. Let's gather the cards. All right, where are we at? Gather the cards. So George Armstrong Custer, uh, one of the greatest American heroes. Uh, his uh, little big horn on, was uh, June 25th, 1878. I don't know why I've been kind of tempted to do this one. Maybe because this anniversary is coming up. It's uh, the, the 10th. Uh, Armstrong Custer was a very dynamic personality, although he graduated at the bottom of his class in West Point. In the Civil War, he was the youngest person ever to be awarded as a lieutenant general because of his courage in battle. He, would, uh, he, he, would, he was a true leader, and he leaded from the front. Uh, after the Civil War ended, though, his type of courage was no longer uh, required in the Army. The Army had a big... Uh, downsizing and he had some he had some problems when in his career uh, he was deeply in love with his wife and at one point uh, got himself court-martialed as a result of uh, abandoning well, as it, the charges were abandoning his post to go see his wife and he took a bunch of troopers on a uh, forced march in order to guard him as he went to see visit his wife and for that he was really uh, he was court-martialed then he had the opportunity with the Seventh Cal, uh, General Sheridan brought him on board, and because they really wanted a fighter, something that led, led to the front. 
Also during this period, though, Custer was not leading the same caliber of soldier that he was leading during the Civil War. In the Civil War, the people were uh, volunteers. They were fighting out of patriotism. Uh, during the uh, last stand, during the Little Bighorn, uh, the quality of soldier was different. These were people, mostly in- immigrants, who could barely speak English, uh, weren't able to make it in the uh, economic culture of the time. So in order to survive, they would, they would join the army. Or they were people who were uh, almost like a foreign legion situation. They're looking to change their identity. Maybe they had some legal problems and they're looking to hide. And they entered the army under a false, uh, a, a false name in order to create a new identity. So these were not the same caliber of soldier that he was used to dealing with. Uh, Custer would tend to be a little impulsive. Uh, we know that going into the going into the foray there, going into the Little Bighorn, he believed he was trying, that the Indians were uh, going to escape. I don't think he had a clear, uh, I don't believe, a clear view of the actual size of the encampment of the people he was going to encounter. So, General Custer, although we know your personality continues to exist, what is your opinion of what happened on that day of July 25th, 1878? What would you like to say? And I'm going to do a, that is, I believe it's three, it's five card reading. So, General Custer, what do you think happened on that day, July 25th, 1878? What would you like us to know about your Little Bighorn experience? Okay, the first card is the is the hierophant. Let's just lay out all the cards. The obstacle. Oh, interesting. With a uh, six of coins come up again. Was the obstacle in the past? It had the nine of coins. What was helping him? The magician. And the final outcome. The three is swords. Let's see if we can get these to fit in there. Okay. Wow, as I lay these out, that's really interesting what we have here. The first card, Faith, the Hierophant. George Custer, in that situation, he really felt that he was uh, had conformed to what the army wanted. He, uh, he had changed many of his ways as a result of his court-martial. He had felt that he, he had conformed. He had, he had changed his ways. He had uh, studied what the army really wanted, and he had changed as a person. He had changed what he was going to do and the way he was going to do it, and that he was conforming to the will of the army. He was conforming to the will of General Sheridan, and that, uh, that that's how he felt about himself at that time. And, and then the obstacle, the coins, and that's the one where uh, we talked about it being fair and balanced. Certainly in the situation facing him, his small band, his, his small contingent of troopers against the, uh, against the Indians, the Native Americans, uh, it was an unfair situation. He was outnumbered and outmanned and outgunned. And he really felt that it was unfair. He also felt that uh, he was constrained by the army. He was constrained by his superior, by his superiors on the way he would like to have conducted the campaign. So he felt that he was, uh, 
you know, usually this has to do with fair and balanced. He did not feel it was fair and balanced due the constraints put on him by Sheridan and the army and by the uh, uh, being outgunned and outnumbered by the Indians. And he really felt he had something to prove during that period of time. In the past, we see the Nine of Coins. Uh, and the Nine of Coins were coming at somebody from a comfortable home, a comfortable situation. He had been very successful uh, through fate, uh, through his use of fate and the way he had presented himself. Uh, he had been very successful and um, you know, very unusual that he should rise from a guy who was uh, the very last in his class at uh, West Point to be this leading general. He was a hero at the time. And he had risen to that as a result of uh, the, the odd sense of fate and his management of that situation to become uh, the person he was at that time. He had really done well. What was helping? He had everything he needed, unfortunately, at the time to make himself successful, to make this campaign successful. He had everything he needed in order to uh, study the problem, analyze the problem, and then uh, do what do what was needed. So he was, uh, although he felt that he was constrained by the army, he had everything he needed in order to become successful. And that's what happened. And the last card was very interesting indeed. The Three of Swords has to do with heartbreak, disappointment, uh, letting go of all the relationships that are no longer working, letting go of old obstacles, letting go of old relationships that are no longer working, letting go of all old modes of action that were no longer working. And uh, the Three of Swords was really, really hit the nail on the head for this reading. Now, let me read exactly what it says here. The Three of Swords indicates that things are not going well in your personal life or foretells a problem arising in the near future. Be prepared for emotional upset arguments and quarreling. Sometimes the Three of Swords shows the end of a close relationship, be it platonic or sexual, or this may not herald temporary short separation from a partner. If the card relates to wider circumstances, the Three of Swords tells of disarray on a larger scale, either civil or political strife. In the worst case scenario, the Three of Swords can even mean war is coming. So he was he definitely didn't want to die uh, he was separated from his wife. He was separated from his life. He was separated from his career. And he was definitely not happy about going, about the way things worked out there. And uh, I think he was a little surprised uh, that, you know, that he had conformed to the way the Army wanted to do things, even though he felt that he it wasn't fair and balanced, that they had taken away some of his advantages. Uh, he, he In the past, the Nine of Coins, he had been very successful uh, as a result of uh, unusual circumstances that he had turned to his, they had turned to his benefit. Uh, though the magician, he had everything he needed in order to be successful. Uh, he wasn't able to pull it off. He wasn't able to manage things. And that he was very upset. He was heartbroken about the way things worked out. He was heartbroken about his loss. He was heartbroken about the loss of life, uh, the loss of all his troopers. And uh, that is our reading for George Armstrong Custer. Interesting. Very interesting indeed. So for this week, 
we're going to call it a quits. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. So please join me next week as we continue to uh, question the universe. If you have questions you would like to propose to the universe, please send them in to me. I'll be glad to uh, answer them or post it to the tarot. Okay, so until next week, I wish you all a fond adieu. And be cool out there, people. Goodbye, Professor Marvel, and thanks a lot. Why, you're, you're welcome, and I'll see you all next week. All right, bye-bye. Have a great week.